um, whenever you connect with men and women of that carry the anointing, it's always an honor. Amen. We've been blessed to have some wonderful people come to the tabernacle and minister to us. The staff and I were talking about that today, how faithful God has been to us. But the Lord spoke to me many years ago, and I shared this with them. We've had some uh, great men and women of God that have come to us, not only here, but other places I've been. And God spoke to me one day when I was thanking him for the gifts that he had sent to us. And he said, as long as you honor the gift that I send, I will continue to send the gift in the time that you need it. And Apostle Andre was a gift that has been sent in season to bless this house and to bless those who are here. And uh, he has something on him that I need. He has something on him that this church needs. He has something on him that the body of Christ needs. And uh, when we honor that gift, I mean, know that that's how you, you serve the gift. You receive what's on the gift. Amen. And so we honor him tonight. Would you just stand with me one more time tonight and let's honor him as he comes to share the word of the Lord. Uh, give the Lord a good hand, will you? Thank you. You may be seated. I want to thank Pastor and his wife for um, this open door. Thank you for that beautiful basket in my room. Haven't ate it all, but I'll take it with me. I'm not going to leave it. So, uh, really nice to go into a place and they leave you a nice basket in the room. That's good. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed the time with you. You have a great pastor. I'm not exactly so sure about his wife, but he's a good man. I promised her I will get her back for something she tried to do on Sunday. So, and, she, and that is just very mild. She she doesn't know me well, but uh, no, this is a great couple. May the Lord bless them. Before we're going to go into the Word, um, uh, let me just say a few things about CDs on my table. I haven't said anything about it. This one is called The Breath of God. It's a pretty old CD. Uh, we've printed more of this. It comes out of Ezekiel 37. Um, and it spoke about the fact that God formed man. God is not against form. He formed man, but he is against form without breath. So he's not against order. He's not a God of disorder. He's a God of order, but he's not a God of order without breath. And the problem with man is we don't want the breath because we don't know what's going to happen next. Well, then I have an old CD here called Feed the Camels. This is where the Feed the Camel book came from. The Feed the Camel book is not available anymore. But this is a double CD on the life of Rebecca, um, and I still have a, quite a few copies of them left. So if you can, uh, it, it talks about um, Abraham who sent Eliezer to find a bride for his son Isaac. Now Abraham, type of the father, Eliezer served Abraham, type of the Holy Spirit. And uh, 
find a bride because the Holy Spirit has one purpose and that is to prepare the bride for the Isaac of heaven, Jesus. So Isaac is a type of Jesus and and then he, uh, Eliezer said, the one who will serve my camel's water, the one who will serve my camel's water, the one who will serve. Come on. So uh, he was looking for somebody that has the heart of a servant. And, um, and there's a lot of revelation uh, on the CD. You will really enjoy it. On the back of the camels, there were two sets of jewelry. The one set was the wedding gifts. Now, I'm not going to say more because I want you to buy the CD. We need some money. So uh, yeah, I'm going to stop right there. I'm just teasing you. But um, this one is called Senseless But Godly Commands. This is another chapter in the book. The thing I spoke about last night comes out of the book that I'm writing. And uh, the one chapter is on this whole thing, senseless but godly. How many of you realize there's a lot of senseless things that God does? Not everything that God does you will understand. And if you understand how big He is, there's a lot of things in your life that will not make sense. Well, this is all about senseless but godly commands. Uh, and on this CD, I share with how many, many years ago I had a buy tent that sees 3,500 people and how God shared with me about that. Then I have another old one here called Mary to Leah. This is hilarious, but this is what I spoke. I just touched on it last night, you know, about the ugly woman. In, in natural life, like tonight, I will never talk about who's ugly and who's beautiful. But when somebody's with the Lord... I mean, I can make her pretty ugly. And you will really love this CD. Uh, and uh, it's going to bless you. Then I have another thing that I want to do tonight. Um, and I ask Pastor permission for this. We uh, are very sensitive and careful how we approach people to support the ministry. Because on the one hand, my, my first calling is to bless you. But... But I have a ministry that, that needs to be taken care of. And um, we are very careful to reg register partners because we don't want people to partner with us just for the sake of partnering. So what we do is, this year we want to re register a few partners from every church that will help us for four months. And the, the four months is September, October, November, December. And... Uh, so, and during that four months, I will be in Africa again for seven weeks. Um, and there's a lot of things I want to accomplish. And what we do is we ask people to become a partner for four months only. Um, and um, we ask people to donate either a 50 or a $100. And the reason we do that, that gives us an idea by September what we have available for the last four months of this year. Um, I will be in Africa, church planting. There's a lot of things that we want to do. Uh, you will receive a letter from us for four months only. You will receive one welcome letter, and then you will not hear from us again. And then September, in the four months, you will get four letters. Plus, we will send you an extra printed newsletter that goes to my ordinary partners. Um, and we will also send you the CD of the month that I preach, I give my partners every month a CD of the month. So if you can be one of our special supporters for four months, I would really ask you to, to go to the table tonight and fill this in. I have a gentleman with the name of Richard, 
and uh, he wants to bundle my products and sell it for cheap. And I said to him, don't you do the bundle thing on my stuff. And I hope he does not bundle this as well. If he uses the word bundle, fire him and get somebody else to fill in the form. Because he tried to make everything cheap and give it away. Don't give away my stuff, brother. Okay. This is, uh, uh, is there anybody that's just out of hand interested in doing this? Uh, we will be so grateful if we can get you on board just for four months. And then you will get more information about the ministry and so forth. I know some of you say, well, that is not very anointed what you've just done. Well, this, just get over it then. <laughs> because when I'm gone and I need to make things work worldwide, I'm not going to have another shot at you. So this is the moment that we need to do business. I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. And church, you know, we live in a day where... It's not really about, well, I hope I get a word that will confirm that I can buy another car. Or, you know what, I wish I can get a word that will just confirm that, um, that I will get a salary increase. We're not interested in that. We are getting ready for the bigger picture. And the body of Christ needs to be alert. It's not about only about me and my five needs. It's about the bigger picture. And if we run after God and we run after the bigger picture, he will take care of our local picture. Come on. Now, tonight I don't want to preach too strong because, you know, I need to sleep tonight. And if I preach too strong, I don't sleep. And, and I need to get up quarter after four tomorrow morning. And I have a meeting tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night, and then a lot of meetings Thursday, Friday. But I want to, uh, or let me say this first. When God blesses us, or when God blesses this meeting tonight, He's only interested in the people sitting on the pews. He's not interested in the pews, the carpet. Uh, you know, I love nice things. I like a nice shirt. I love nice colors in the church. But it's, when it's all said and done, it's about the people sitting on the pews. And when the Holy Ghost comes in tonight, he wants to invade your life. And don't wait for me to prophesy to you a personal word. Let him invade your life right now because the book is open. And uh, this, is, this is the word that will never pass away. And this is such a key word that I would like to share this with the whole of America. Even last night's word. But this is a prophetic word. And again, the prophetic word is not for one person. Uh, when God has, when God tried to give us the prophetic picture of what's coming, uh, it's for everybody. Because we all are inclusive in the end time and what's going to happen. Amen? Now, I'm not going to talk about the end time so much, but I want to talk about how God will invade your territory. How many of you realize God has the ability to invade your life and do things that you did not plan for? Come on. How many of you just expect something you never asked for? I mean, because that's God. God is so big that he can invade your life with something so awesome. Now, what happened in, in, in Luke chapter 1 uh, is that God will announce two pregnancies. And this is not about natural pregnancy, so don't worry. 
God uses me, by the way, when I pray for women, they get children like you, like you can't believe it. I mean, I have a lot of babies all over the world, not my babies, but I just prayed for it. Amen. So don't understand me wrong here, okay? So uh, in Luke chapter 1, Gabriel showed up and he announced a pregnancy and he said to Elizabeth that she's going to be pregnant with with, with Jesus. And, And I will come back to that just now. Now, you must understand, when he said to her that she will, she will be pregnant with Jesus, she, ne- she, she never had a husband. Well, she, she was not married. So here comes God, and he tells her that she's going to be pregnant. And then just before that, he also said that Elizabeth will be pregnant. Now, Elizabeth had a husband, but they passed the season of children. And then the angel Gabriel said in verse 37, he said, For with God nothing will be impossible. Now, we heard that statement before. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, why did Gabriel say that? And this is just my little introduction. We're talking about the landscape of the impossible. Why will I talk about the possible when I serve the God of the impossible? Come on. If I talk about a a tennis star, I can only talk about a tennis racket and tennis balls and tennis techniques because I'm talking about a tennis star. When I talk about uh, American football star, I can only talk about helmets, how do you dress, uh, and football, and money. Come on. But when I talk about God, I must go to the impossible because that's, that's what he represents. Can you see the difference? So don't, don't expect me to do a tennis star thing or an American football thing. I'm here to do a God thing. And uh, Gabriel said, for with God nothing is impossible. Because he just said to Mary, you're going to be pregnant without a man. Now why did he say that? Gabriel just came from heaven. Everybody say he just arrived from heaven. And he said, for with God, nothing is impossible. He came from the world where the word impossible does not exist. If you use the word impossible in front of God, you will be out of line. Because nothing is impossible with God. So the moment you use the word, that's why in heaven you will never hear the word impossible. It will be an accusation against the character of God to even use such a word. But now Gabriel came to the earth and announced two uh, two major miracles. And he said, with God, nothing is impossible. And we need to have uh, heavenly meetings again on the earth where nothing is impossible. I drove today 93 miles in one direction and 93 miles back to pray for a pastor that has leukemia. Why do I travel 196 miles in one day or 186 miles in one day? Because I believe that God can heal leukemia. If it was not, if God was a tennis star, I would not have done that. 
If God was an American football player, I would not have done that. But he's the God of the impossible. And that's why 200 miles is nothing if God can heal a man from leukemia. Do you get the picture? So I want to prepare you, and I want to prepare you for your personal life, and I want to prepare you for your church. Don't have the mindset uh, of the ordinary when you serve the extraordinary. Now, Gabriel, uh, let let us just read from verse 5. Amen? Are you excited? Verse 5 says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain man with the name Zechariah. Of the division of Abijah, his wife was of the daughters Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, and they were both uh, tabernacle of praise uh, members, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. Amen? Now I've got your attention. Because now that they, you know they are part of your church, now you will listen to what I have to say. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Well, that just tells you that both of them are old. Come on. That's just a nice word for being old. Advanced. And so it was. uh, He served as priest before God according to the custom of the priesthood. And the lot fell to burn incense in the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now watch this. The lot fell on him to serve at the temple. Nothing spiritual. So he was just doing his ordinary business at the temple, doing his little uh, tabernacle of praise duties, because pastor's going to check on him. And one day, out of a sudden, an angel showed up. You see, the modern-day church does not have that expectancy anymore. So the angel showed up, and he stood on the right side of the altar, and he said to him, Zechariah, while he was actually troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, I'm not going to try and preach the whole thing because there's too much here. And I'm going I'm to try, try not to get excited because I want to give you the revelations. Number one, God, the angel showed up. And when the angel showed up, there was about 400 years of silence. Nothing happened. All of a sudden, Gabriel came from heaven and he said to an old man at the temple, Hey, your prayer has been heard. Your wife will bear you a son. You will call him John. That was an ancient prayer. How many of you realize you don't pray for children when you're 80 years old? And if you don't know it, don't do it. Come on. You don't even pray for children when you're 50 years old. If you do, you are strange. Come on. But you know what I like about God? God heard that prayer in the 20s, and he never answered it in the 20s. He decided, I'm going to answer that prayer in the 50s and the 60s. He said, well, what about my body? God can care less about your body. Nothing is impossible. Come on. Now, I don't want to preach about the body and the seasons of the body and all of that. So, uh, and, and then he said, then he said to, um, to him, hey, and you, you will call him John. 
So God insisted that you were calling John. You know what? The custom was, it, it should have been Zechariah number two. Or Zechariah number three. Or tabernacle of praise number two. Or tabernacle of praise number three, you know. We build churches and then we call it church of God. And the assemblies of God, God says, I'm tired of that. God says, birth something that has my kiss upon it. Come on, don't put yesterday's kiss upon it. Don't let me preach that. Don't let me preach that. I will have trouble with the leadership of the church. Come on. And, uh, so, and you will call him John. I love that. When God invade the earth, he will determine what we will call it. And I want to warn you now prophetically. God is going to do such new things in the body of Christ that we will not always honor yesterday's names. We will honor what the Holy Spirit instructs for today. Now, much can be said there, and I'm not going to say more. And then you will see in the following verses how the angel gave him a detailed description of what the character of John will look like. You see, God knows what he wants to bring on the scene of the church tomorrow, and God already knows what it's going to look like. That's the God you and I serve. Then in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man. Now, watch this. Now he looked at himself in the mirror. See, that's the first thing we always do. When God gives us this incredible promise, we always look at our status. Well, man, my goodness, did he realize what I look like? I'm an old man. And watch what he said. My wife has advanced. You see, he, 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 he understood woman well. He, he, he understood. He called himself old. He called her advanced. Come on. Come on, men. There's a little bit of a teaching right there for men. Be careful what you call that lady, okay? I've learned one thing. A woman never gets older than 39. And if she is, you don't ask questions. Amen? Thank you, woman. And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of the Lord. Now watch what he said in verse 20. He says, But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place. Now, I will not read all of that. And the people waited in verse 21 for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long at the temple. Basically, uh, uh, Zechariah now lost his speech. Now, you must understand he was a righteous man. He was a, he was a, he was a church man. He was a, he was a, he was a, he was a godly man. But you see, church, there's godly people that still cannot can control their mouth when it comes to the miraculous. And you must understand, John was the one that will announce Jesus. Come on. That will preach in another day. John was the one that announced Jesus. And, and God knew that it's time to bring Jesus on the scene because Jesus had to live 30 years before his ministry started to manifest. And the 30 years, uh, uh, I mean, uh, and he had to bring John on the scene to announce Jesus. Uh, and he realized that uh, 
you need to prepare the ground for that. And I really believe that God is preparing the church, and I'm not the only one that say this. There's a lot of key leaders that realize we can see the first blossoming signs of something miraculous that's coming to the earth. We're going to see an invasion of God's glory that's going to be miraculous. I'm telling you, church. Now, uh, uh, God shut his mouth because God decided, I cannot allow him to speak against what I'm planning to do. Why, Why would God do that? Because death and life is in the tongue. And God decided, I'm not going to allow a righteous man to kill my plan. Because God realized his body doesn't look good, his wife is advanced, he's got all the evidence that, that, I, that I, I'm not going to do this miracle. You see, and when you look at your status, because he's, he's going to hold his status in front of God. He's, he already said, I'm an old man, so God shut his mouth. Now, when you look at verse 23, 4, 5, 6, 7, uh, in verse 27, uh, the angel now go to Mary. But what, what's mind-boggling is that in the ver- verses that follow, you don't find anything how Zechariah went home and how he told his wife what the angel just said. None of that. But I want to preach about that. Come on. I mean, he got the word, and later on you're going to find out that she got pregnant. But, but you see, normally when the Bible doesn't say anything about something that must have happened, it was ugly. He went home to do what? He's at the tabernacle. He's serving. The angel spoke to him. Now he needs to go home to an advanced woman. He cannot speak. And he need to tell her it's time. Come on. That's pretty hard. I mean, it's hard to explain it when you have a tongue. How do you explain it when you cannot speak? Can you imagine when he showed up at the house? How many of you have been at a conference and you go home and you try to tell somebody how great the conference was and you realize, "Uh uh-uh. She's into the plans. She doesn't understand what I'm talking about. I just came from a conference. So when he went home, he had to say to an advanced woman that the angel said that the prayer they prayed in their 20s will now be answered in their 50s. You don't say that to a woman. Come on. And... and. Uh, I can just imagine when he arrived there, he probably said, or, uh, 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 I mean, he's excited. I mean, he haven't seen her for a week or two. He was at the temple. So how many of you men are excited when you see your wife and you haven't seen her for a week? One. Yeah, one. Thank you. Just one. That young man there sitting there, come on, that's a newlywed couple there, Brother Isbo's children. He did not even raise his hand. Come on. He just got married the other day. What a shame. It's the man with the pink shirt. Mark him. Terrible. I'm going to tell your father-in-law. I'm going to report that to Michael. Michael will hear about that. 
So he arrived home, and he hadn't seen her for a long time, and he said, Number one, she has no idea what happened with him. He cannot speak. He left the home talking. Now he comes back and cannot speak. Now Now he need to explain why he cannot speak. And then he need to say to her, Sorry, Pastor. You thought you know me. You don't know me yet, sir. Now watch this. God did it. God is the only reason why humanity now needs to understand my God. It's all God. You see, church, that's why I write a book on finally God makes sense. Because most of my walk with the Lord, I realize if I want to see how great he is, I better get my senses in line. Romans 12 verse 2, you must be renewed in your mind. Otherwise, you will never understand who God is. And I want to say to all of you, my God can answer prayer even if it's ancient. Because this was an ancient prayer. This tells me there are prayers in heaven that is on the to-do list. And God says, this one is 40 years outstanding and this one is 60 years outstanding. And I think he has a few million prayers, billions, zillion prayers in the category for the end time revival. Because there's generations that is praying for the end time revival. And I think in the end time revival category, God says, I've got some ancient prayers here, and it's about time that I send my Gabriel angel back to the earth and go and tell the generations this prayer is about to be answered soon and very soon. Because God will never, ever not answer your prayer. Turn to somebody and say to that person, there's a pregnancy coming late but on time. The guy with the pink shirt just spoke to his wife. Miracle is happening. Come on, somebody. When God invades your territory... Now watch this. Now he goes to Mary and he says in verse 28, And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Uh, And then he said, When you saw him, she was troubled at his saying. What kind of greeting this is? I love this. She was troubled at his saying. What kind of greeting is this? You see, today in the modern day church, the church is not troubled anymore when God shows up. 
In both cases, uh, uh, Zechariah fear fell upon him. When God invade our territory and make announcements, there must be a reference, uh, a fear. Uh, there must be some sense, not that we are afraid of God, but where is the days that we said, man, God spoke a word, and we felt the earth tremble, and God, come on, church, and God is going to do it again, where he's going to speak to the earth in a way that churches will tremble and the foundations of denominations will shake and they will know that God is back in business and God is going to do it his way. Hear the word of the Lord. God is back in business and he's going to bring a pregnancy in some denominations that has not been pregnant for hundreds of years. I'm looking forward to the Roman Catholics being filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to the Presbyterians and the Baptists and whatever being filled by the Holy Ghost. And we will not be Pentecost anymore, but everybody will look like Pentecost when the angel comes back and say, God says, it's time for pregnancy. So the angel said to her, verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I mean, he did not come and ask Mary, can I talk to you? God has something in mind for you. Are you ready for something great? If you're not ready, don't worry. I'll come back tomorrow. Well, if you don't understand the Holy Ghost, we understand that you don't, don't understand. So you don't need to understand, and we understand that you will never understand. So just sit in the back seat and give your tithe, but don't be filled with the Holy Ghost, because you don't understand, and we understand that you don't understand. No. God does not operate like that. God is not saying to Zechariah, does this make sense to you? Come on. That's why I'm writing the book. Does this make sense to you? The angel just said, hey, go and tell that old woman at your house, you guys are going to be pregnant, and tell her things that does not work anymore will work one more time. God made your body. Don't come and play holy on me here. So God shows up and he makes an announcement that does not make sense and he leaves the earth. He does not communicate with Zechariah. He does not reason with Zechariah. God is not going to reason with you because you will not convince him. He already made his mind up. I'm going to invade the earth and I'm going to make those two women pregnant because I want those two boys to come on the earth because I have a plan. Come on. And I want my son to die 33 years into the future on a cross because I need to rescue humanity. And I'm telling you, if you think that's a one-time miracle, there's another miracle coming to the earth. You have not seen the full glory of God. Come on. It is a great move of God coming. Come on, you West Virginians. Get excited. Clap your hands. Shout. Do something. So now he tells her about Jesus and the Lord will give him the throne of David and, and he will reign over the house of Jacob uh, 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 forever. And uh, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Since I do not know a man. I mean, how can this be? Watch this. Senseless. How can, how, how can this be? I, I don't know a man. How can this be? I don't know a man. You see, that's God. God is bigger than this. How, how can this be? Come on, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. 
If you can start a walk with God outside this, you're going to see miraculous things. Oh, Jesus, he loves me. He loves me when I speak like this. Now, and Mary said to the angel, how can this be? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And, and now watch what he said. He says, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Well, the angel called it what it is. The Bible says she was advanced. The angel says, no, she's actually old. Let's get it. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what God does. He calls a spade a spade. Come on. And he said to her, and uh, so uh, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her, in her old age. And this is now the sixth month. Now watch this. Now the angel comes to Mary. He said, hey, you're going to be pregnant without a man. But there's a relative in your family. Her name is Elizabeth. She's already six months into this. And she's old. Mary knew Elizabeth was old, but the angel just repeated, although she's old, she's already six months. When, when he told Mary that Elizabeth was already six months into the process, I mean, she's six months pregnant, then Mary realized, this is not new to God. You already started with my family. Come on. There were no blackberries and, 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 and cell phones those days. That's why she didn't know it. But the angel told her. Come on, church. You know what I love about God? He's not going to do it in one person only. He's going to do another person in Columbus and another person in South Texas and another person in Toronto, Canada. And that's what's happening at the moment. I'll find different pastors. I'll just meet this man in hell. And I know, well, he belongs to all these other guys that I know and all over the nation. Why? Because he's already pregnant with something that he didn't even understand himself. And now I'm going to introduce him to other guys that is pregnant in this thing longer than him. And he's going to find out, my goodness, there's a lot of guys that is like me. And we are all on the same track because God... God is preparing the earth for something great. I can put you in many other churches all over the America and you will fit like a, like a glove and you will say, but Brother Andre, I think I belong here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's hundreds of churches like you. And if I bring all these people together in the upper room, what is going to happen? We're going to have a Holy Ghost explosion. Thank you for your electrifying response. It's really, really inspiring. Now watch this, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her, and now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. Now she's on the back of a donkey. She's on her way to Elizabeth. And watch this. The Bible says, with haste. I can preach on haste. You see, the haste in the church is gone. The excitement is gone. Hey, hey guys, listen here. I'm going to get off my job 6 o'clock. We need to be in the car by 6.30. We need to be at the church by 6.45 because I want a good seat tonight. No, we don't worry about that because there's a lot of seats left these days. Where are the days when we come and we say, I want to be at church early, man. I want a good seat because tonight is going to be an incredible meeting. I don't want to, the haste is gone. The passion is gone. The excitement is gone. Come on. Come on. Why? Because we don't expect the supernatural anymore. But when the supernatural invades your life, you get on a donkey. I, I want to I, I go to Elizabeth. I want to see what her pregnancy looked like. I mean, the angel told me she's pregnant. Come on, where are the days that I know what happened with my brother before I even see my brother? 
That must come back. The passion, the haste, the excitement. To, to come to the house of the Lord must come back. I remember there were days in my life, every night we go to revival, every night we go. We had meetings for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we were so excited because we expected tonight the prophetic gifts, gifts will flow. We will come home 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. I remember those days. And, and the incredible healings that took place. Why? Because everybody realized any moment the supernatural can come into the building and God can start to heal people left, right, and center. I spoke about a woman to Today, Diane Spillers, in, in, in 1997, she had eight back oper operations. She had several children. She was an acrobat, and uh, she was destined for a wheelchair. One night in West Monroe, First Assemblies of God, I, I will never forget it. Diane Spillers came into the meeting. The Lord touched her. She ran out of the building. She ran into the side halls, and she started to do flip-ups. God healed her miraculously, miraculously, miraculously. She came back into the main building. When the people saw Diane Spillers running through the house in the main building, the anointing fell on other people and healing started to take place and they realized God healed that person. I spoke to this pastor today that has leukemia. There was a man of God who preached uh, three months ago in his church. He's an evangelist in America. And in 1997 that man had twins. And when he told me today that that man was in his church a few months ago, I said to him, can I remind you of what happened with that man? And he said, Andre, you don't need to remind me. Tim stole the whole church while what happened in 1997. Tim Todd had a twin. They were born on six months. They were premature. They were unhealthy. They were dying. And I didn't know it. And I came into West Monroe and I called Tim Todd out. And he's a great evangelist. And I prophesied to him about his twins. God rescued the twins miraculously. The, but when I prophesied to him about the twins, he never even knew what's my name. I didn't know what was his name. And I said to him, I see twins. The twins were just born. They were dying because they were, they were born not seven months, but even all Long story short, everybody in the city knew about the twins. And I prophesied to him, the power of God took him and flipped him like this. And he was on the floor for hours. That night, God healed the twins. Today, they are 18 years old. And Tim is telling the story all over America and the churches where he evangelized. But I remember those days. I remember those days. I remember those days. I had 14 meetings in two weeks. I was scheduled for three meetings. And the pastor said to me, Andre, we never had so many people in 15 years that I passed to this church. And nobody knows you. You just showed up here from South Africa. And all of a sudden, the people flock. You see, we advertise too much. We must allow the Holy Ghost to do the work. And he will bring the people. And you will have a crowd within one week that you never had in 20 years in your church. Come on, church. It's about time that they allow the angel to come back and invade the church and announce pregnancies and miracles in your body, in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit. Come on, somebody. He is John. He is John. He is John. He's not Zechariah. He's not Zechariah. He's not Assemblies of God. He's not Church of God. He's not Baptist. He's not Zechariah. I don't want another Zechariah. I don't want another Church of God. I don't want another, another this or another that. I want something new. I will do a new thing. I want a John. John will be the name of the Son. Not Zechariah. Don't honor your culture. Come on. Give God praise. She arose in those days and she went into the hill country with haste. And she entered the house of Zechariah. Okay, so Zechariah. It's, at least it's still his house. Bible says the house of Zechariah. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, at, at least uh, the name of the house is still this a little bit of honor for him. I think he stood there in the one corner like a flower pot because he couldn't speak. And when he saw Mary, he probably said, "Hey, he, he." Now watch this. Watch this. For six months he saw with his eyes how the old woman are pregnant. And she told him, I'm pregnant, old man, I'm pregnant. And all he can say is, ah! Ah! Angel told me so. I think she took his hand one day, he said, feel it. And when that little boy kicked, he said, ah! That's all he can say. God says, I will allow you to do that, but I will not allow you to say anything. Do you know what it feels like when you see the glory of the Lord comes to the earth and you criticized it and now you cannot partake in the glory? I don't want to preach about that. It must be hell on earth to live for nine months when you see how a God is doing a God thing and you cannot celebrate it with your mouth because you chose to criticize it. Criticize Pentecost. Go ahead. Criticize the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. Speak against the cross. Speak against the blood. Speak against tongues. The day will come that God will shut the mouth of those who criticize the power of the gospel because Jesus Christ will come back and he will do a major miracle and many will flock to the house of the Lord and say, I apologize that I spoke against it. I apologize that I became so lukewarm. I know now this is good. Hallelujah. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. And he entered the house, she entered the house of Zacharias and she greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe... Now, who's the babe? It's John. Come on. Mary greeted Elizabeth. John respond. How does that work? Come on. Mary releases... I mean, she spoke with her natural voice. She greeted Elizabeth and John jumped. When God's plan in Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary, John, six months in the developing stages, already identified, I don't want to preach about this. I don't have the power to do it. I don't have the strength. I don't, I don't want to go home sweaty. Don't let me preach that. I'll just say it. I'm not going to preach it. When he heard the voice of the carrier, come on, when John heard the voice, John actually said, that's the woman who carried my partner. That's the woman who carried Jesus. He already felt the destiny connection with the son that will come out of that woman. You must understand, 33 years into the future, uh, 30 years into the future, John will announce Jesus. But John, six months in the developing stages, said, I have a connection with a little boy that will come out of that woman. That voice is connected to my mother. That voice is connected to my life. Come on, church. The day is back. 
back that churches will find out I don't belong here and I don't belong here but there is a church in Ohio and there is a church in Toronto and there is a church in Southeast Texas and there is a church in Florida we belong to one another because we feel the same pregnancy and we know what's going to happen there is going to happen here and it's going to influence one another God is orchestrating a new and a fresh invasion come on I think Elizabeth said to Mary, oh, don't greet me again, man. Oh, man. I don't know what it feels like, so I just act now. This is the last service. I can do anything I want to do. I've got your money. Last service, I'm gone. I'm out of here tonight. She said, well, I don't like it when you do those things. I don't care. This is biblical. There it is. There it is. The baby lived in Mary, and Mary realized, oh my goodness. Come on, Elizabeth realized, what's going on here? You must understand, Mary knew about Elizabeth's pregnancy, but Elizabeth hadn't heard about Mary's pregnancy. And when Mary saw that her old aunt, whatever, (laughs) is pregnant, Mary realized, if she's pregnant, then I'm pregnant. Come on. Come on, church. The moment she saw Elizabeth, she realized, oh my goodness. And I think they shared information. Are you excited? You see, church, you are not here to just get a good sermon and go home and say, wow, man, I've got a good sermon tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And tomorrow you just fall back into what you do every day. If you're going to fall back in what you do every day, you can just as well leave right now. Don't waste this word. Don't waste it. Don't hear it, but lose it. Don't hear it, but never use it. Take this word back and say, my God, I belong to a church that is part of an end time pregnancy. And we're going to see the glory of God in our midst. God will not bring me to this place. And I don't, still don't know in what city I am. I cannot even announce all these names because I live in one city and I preach in another city. So I don't understand this. It must be very small down here. But this is a God place. This is a hidden place that God has a plan with. Now, verse 59. I skipped a lot of verses for the sake of you that need to go home. Verse 59. And so it was on the eighth day that they came. Everybody say they. I don't know who they are, but there was a lot of people involved here. They means there's a lot of people involved. Come on. Can you see it? They came to circumcise the child. Oh, yeah, now John is now being born. And all of a sudden, the whole religious crowd comes in. It's amazing. They don't believe that God can do a fresh new thing, but when God does, they want to put their hands on it. You say, well, how do you know that, that, uh, the, the they? How do you know the they so well? I have got a lot of they experience. I had a lot of they in my life when earlier in my ministry. They delayed my life for a long time. Come on. I'm talking about people far away from here. 
So they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. Watch that. Watch that. And they would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. And they would have honored culture. And they would have honored history. And they would have honored everybody who bought a pew in the past. And they would have honored sister so-and-so and put her name tag on it because she gave the money for it. I'm talking about other churches. And... They would have called him by the name of his father, Zechariah. That's culture. That's group pressure. Is there still something left like that in America today? A lot. Come on. They would have, could have, should have. Now watch this. But they said to her, now, uh, 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 they would have called. And the mother answered in verse 60. This is Elizabeth. And she says, no. No. She's alone. It's just a mother. She said to the whole group, No. No? Who are you, woman, to say no to us? We are the group pressure. We represent culture and history. Elizabeth says, No. He will be called John. John? Where did that name come from? We never heard that name. Where did that song come from? What kind of worship is that? What kind of worship comes out of the keyboard now? What do you call that? You call that worship? Yeah, it's John. It's not Zechariah anymore. It's not 1940 anymore. It's not 1950 anymore. It's not 1919 anymore. It's now John. It's something new. It's something fresh. It comes from heaven. We thank God for David in the Old Testament. We thank God for David in the Old Testament, but we thank God for modern day Davids. If we only celebrate what David in the Old Testament did, how about the praise and worship leaders of today? So Mary, uh, Elizabeth said, no. You see, the name John came from heaven. Gabriel said, you will call him John. If I ever come back, I will preach on John. And I will show you who he was. And I'll preach and I'll show you the relationship he had with Jesus. God said, I cannot allow something that looks religious but doesn't know what's coming. John knew what was coming. And we need to raise up a generation that will not only honor history, but a generation that hear the voice, what's coming? Zechariah did not get it, but God says, Zechariah, I will give a son calling John. He will understand Jesus, and he's the only one that will, under, that will announce him the way I want him to be announced. Hallelujah. God is raising up preachers. God is raising up prophets. God is raising up a voice that will say it the way we hear it for the future. There's something coming our way. It's new, it's fresh, it's God. You say, well, you are one of the younger generation. No, I'm almost 62. I'm 62 almost, 
Do I look like 62? Do I act like 62? No. But I've decided one thing. Even when I'm 90 years old, I will not look like 90. I will not preach like 90. I will preach like the Holy Ghost say now. This is what God say now. If you stay current with the voice of God, God will keep your body current. If you choose to speak like 40 years ago, you will have a body that looks like 40 years ago. Everything will go that way. I've learned that God can answer ancient prayers, hallelujah, and give me a pregnancy late in life, and then God will adjust my body, God will adjust my mind, He will adjust my thinking, He will adjust everything. Come on, He did it with Sarah. Sarah was 90 years old, God gave her a child. Guess what? She couldn't die because she brought God's plan forward. Amen? I'm rather 90, and I have a pregnancy, and I do what God wants me to do, and I live until I'm 120, and, and, but God now when I'm 49 and I never had any pregnancies whatsoever coming from God. But they, everybody say they, verse 61, but they said to her, it's amazing, eh? You don't hear one voice there. They don't say, and Peter amongst the they. It's just a group, they. There's no one individual identity, they. It's just they. You see, you see when, normally when that spirit comes into a church, you never know who said it. You just hear they said it. You never know whose mouth said it. No, they, they. Who's they? No, they, they, they. Man, I've got a lot of experience on that. Oh, but I've got an anointing to... God has given me an anointing to deal with that stuff in the church. I do it in one service and it's gone. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're not part of the day? Now watch this. And they said to her, there is no one amongst your relatives who is called by this name. I mean, your, your past does not testify that this is even relevant. I mean, how can you now come and bring this name into your family line? There's nobody in your past. Watch what they do. Now they're going to go to the old man. So they made signs to his father what he would have called him. <laughs> so now they're going to go to Zechariah. And Zechariah, he's standing there. And all, when, when, when Elizabeth says, he will be called John, Zechariah says, yeah, 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 yeah. But now they went to him and they said, what do you say? Now watch this. Do you think a man that's been mute for nine months will agree with group pressure? Do you think a man that has seen the glory of God develop in front of his eyes for nine months will disagree again with God? You got one chance. So now they're going to go to him. You see, that's what group pressure does. If they, don't, if they don't get this vote here, they try to manipulate somebody else. It's not going to work. This time it's not going to work. The day of the day club is over. It's God's time. It's God's idea. It's God's son. It's God's plan. It's God's revival. It's God's harvest. It's God's church. It's God's king. Kingdom. It's God's plan. Hallelujah. 
Finally, it's God back on the scene. Finally, man is out of the way. Hallelujah. I'm prophesying, church. I'm preparing churches wherever I go to get in line with what God is going to do in the end time. The Lord gave me a word in 82. I will use you in the end time revival. God brought me to this church. You thought I'm going to preach hell and brimstone. No, I'm bringing you a prophetic word and I'm saying to you, you allowed me to come in, hear the word of the Lord. We are getting ready for a John thing that will announce the glory of Jesus. That's all we are interested in. Hallelujah. I'm not angry, I'm just excited. So they made signs. And he asked for a writing tablet. Don't let me preach on write. You must understand the guy cannot speak. So they brought him a writing tablet. <laughs> now he's going to put in writing what he believes. Isn't that what Jesus said to the devil in the desert? It is written, Satan. It is written. You see, once it's written, it's stronger than just a confession. Once it's written, there's no confusion. Once it's written, you don't need to come back to me and say, is this what you said? It's written. Come on. And I can just see Zechariah took that pencil. He is. Now watch what Elizabeth says. He will be called future tense. Future. But the man with experience, the man that could not praise for nine months, the man that could not worship for nine months. The man that could not testify for nine months. The man that had frustrations and he could not give utterance. The man who saw the glory decided, my wife, her language is weak. He is John. They want to negotiate with him. He said to them, no negotiations. It's done. He is. You want to put group pressure on me? Try to convince me what I should do? It's a done deal. You came too late. He is John. It is written. Ah, watch this. The moment he wrote that, his speech came back. The moment he wrote it, I think for the first time he said, my little baby, John. And when his wife heard her husband's speech came back, she realized, this is God. You know what the people said? The people said, what kind of a boy will this be? God is going to do something in the church where the people will say, what kind of a meetings? Is this. This is not normal meetings. This is different. This has the finger of God upon it. And when the finger of God 
come upon something. And when you and I, come on, when the body of Christ, when apostolic leadership, when pastors will agree with God, not with a head office, not with a constitution, not with a high laws and the bylaws. Come on, when we will agree with heaven, the finger of God will come back to the earth and the mouth will open up and somebody will say, we have never seen this before. Church, I've got God behind me. I've got heaven behind me. I've got God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost behind me. I don't need a constitution behind me. I know I prophesy. I know I heard from God. Hear the word of the Lord. God is about to come to America and announce another thing that many will disagree with. But it is God. Church of God, Church of God, you've had your chance. Job well done. Assemblies of God, you've had your chance. Job well done. All denominations, you had your chance. Job well done. Apostolic Faith Mission, the denomination where I come from, South Africa, you had your chance. Job well done. To all of you, Let's step up now to a God thing. Let's not do what we've seen yesterday. God says, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. He is John. 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 It came out of the lineage of Zechariah. It could come out of the lineage of the Assemblies of God, the Church of God. But that's all. Our forefathers will have something to do with it because they've prayed. It's their prayers that will be answered. But that's where it ends. God is going to answer their prayers and our prayers. But he will not allow us to determine what it looked like, and what the name is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I cannot imagine how Zechariah, when his speech came back, he realized, I agreed with heaven. And the moment I agreed with heaven, a release came into my mouth. When you agree with heaven, you will get a release on your finances. You will get a release on your mind. You will get a release in your job. Come on. When you are released with heaven, you will get a release in places, in the marketplace. All of a sudden, things will go right. Things will work out. And you will say, I don't know what I did. I never did anything different than what I did yesterday. No. You have come into agreement with heaven. And all of a sudden, you see it in everyday life. Hallelujah. And they will say, what kind of Christian is he? And what kind of man is he? That when he, he's unique. No, his God is unique. Keyboards.
think what Elizabeth could not understand when Zechariah explained to her, because she must understand, he was not trained in death language. But when she said to him that first day I'm pregnant, he probably said to her, that's what I told you. Can you imagine when he got his speech back that night when I went home and he said to that advanced woman, he said, I did not agree with God. But when the silence breaker come, do you know who is the silence breaker? Gabriel. Gabriel is the silence breaker. 400 years silence. There's a silence over America. There's a silence over the nations. We put our name on everything and we have our own idea how to grow a church. And we have seminars and institutions. We start things because we don't know what to do. So we need to keep the people busy. And we do a lot of things in the church that we should not have done. Because heaven has been silent. But when the silence breaker come, he's not going to negotiate. He's not going to ask you whether your mind is renewed. If your mind is not renewed, you're going to make a mistake. He will shut your mouth. He will bring you back later. But the job needs to be completed. Come on. Your mother and your previous generations has prayed enough. When I think of the previous generation, those people prayed. When I think of the previous generation, when I think of my mom and dad, I said, mom and dad, this generation doesn't pray like that. So I'm telling you, we're going to see a glory that we did not ask for, but they asked for it. But we will benefit. Hallelujah. Do you believe this? Do you believe that God can invade your life? You better believe this. I believe it. Can I tell you something? God invaded my life today. God did a miracle in my ministry today. Today. It's big. When I got the news, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. That's who you are. Out of the blue. If you say tonight, my life is a fruitful land and I want the bulldozer of the Holy Ghost to come and bulldoze my life invade my life and bring into my life what he pleases I want to see the glory of God my eyes must see the glory of God my ears will hear the glory of God I am not living in vain 
Do you think I spend 70% of my time away from my family just for offerings? You make a terrible mistake. I am on the road because I am chasing the cloud. Because I have nothing else to do. I've got a beautiful wife and I've got a beautiful daughter. And I don't want to be on the road. My flesh don't want to be on the road. But I'm on the road because I chase the cloud. I know, I know that I know that somewhere God is going to invade America. And God is going to bring another John. And God's people will be touched, healed, delivered, set free. Give God praise, I ask you. Give him praise. I ask you, give him praise. I'm not on the road for an offering. I'm not on the road to prophesy a little prophecy here and a little prophecy there. I'm on the road that God can change America, that God can invade Washington. I'm on the road that God can invade, invade, invade our government. I'm on the road that God can invade England. I'm on the road, I'm on the road, I'm on the road for this, for this, for this. I will not call it Zechariah. I will not call it religion. I will not, I will not preach it in a way that people please their ears. I will call it what he wants me to call it. Hear the word of the Lord. Lift your one hand. and I'm not going to hype you. But just lift your one hand and just pray the simple prayer. Say, Jesus... Son of the living God, you are Lord. I believe in the supernatural. You are not a tennis star, you are not a football star. You are healing, deliverance, Savior. Alpha Omega, beginning end. You are the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is you. You are spirit. And you have a plan with America, West Virginia, my city, my family, my life. And I believe. He is John. Come on, say after me. I will call it what he wants me to call it. Say, I will not honor religion, culture, history. I will call it what he wants me to call it.